Welcome to Real Talk with Life After Grief, Chris, where we talk about relevant issues as it relates to individuals in grief as they navigate finances and the advisors who help them. We help clients in grief navigate financial matters. We also teach advisors how to emotionally and financially work with clients in grief through an unparalleled process. This week's episode is sponsored by Life After Grief Financial Planning and Life After Grief Consulting. Hello and welcome to another episode of Real Talk with Life After Grief Chris. In this episode, we're going to be talking about grief in my dysfunctional family. Boy, my family was dysfunctional during my parents' decline. There was so much chaos is the only way that I can describe it. And much of the chaos stemmed from the unknown. No one in my immediate family had been through, you know, this uphill climb, this uphill battle that we were about to face. Much of the chaos in my situation was really an extension of my relationship with my brother and how I perceived our relationship, how he perceived our relationship, my perception of his relationship with my parents, and conversely, his perception of my relationship with my parents. And the chaos went further, and it involved other family members voicing their opinions from a distance of what should or should not go on with my parents. They were also vocal about my relationship with the parents, with my parents, and what my role should be. They were also vocal about my brother's relationship with my parents and what his role should be. And there were some very, very nasty things that some family members said. One family member said that they knew I was going to get a large inheritance, you know, after my parents passed away and I should give that to my brother. And in that particular, that, that one stuck me because there was actually no inheritance. My parents were the classic example of health exceeded any assets that they had. They, they ran out of money. So there was no inheritance. And for somebody to put that on me, to say that they knew that I was going to get a large inheritance, you know, that I was being selfish, you know, that was that that really hurt. And looking back, I would have done this for my parents a thousand times over. It had nothing to do with money. They provided me a great life. And so I had no choice but to extend the same courtesy for them in their declining years. There was sort of a superhuman complex that kind of came along with that. Like I've said in a previous podcast that I didn't think I was a superhuman, but man, I had to develop some very thick skin during that time period. You know, in the situation with my folks, I had a lot of trial by error. I managed to figure out things, you know, on my own or by accident. And in regards to, you know, the dysfunction, our perceptions, meaning my brother and my myself, you know, the perception is who is more involved or who is less involved. And again, there was a lot of chaos and just a lot of dysfunction in general. And, you know, I harbored some feelings about my brother's involvement and he harbored some feelings about my involvement. And we both harbored feelings about each other, about what we said to each other during this time period. And it was very profound. I mean, it was very nasty. And, you know, some of the other things to consider uh, during this time process were finances. My wife and I elected to purchase my parents' home, um, knowing that they were going to run out of money at some point, and we had to figure it out 
on the fly and deal with a system that's not really set up to help families who have family members in rapidly declining health. At least that was what I felt at the time. And some of the other things to, you know, figure out and kind of think about during this process. And I know my process is, you know, not uncommon. Does your mom or dad, do they really need care? In my situation, the answer was absolutely yes. My father's health was rapidly declining, as was my mother. So they definitely needed me to step in. Do you know end of life care and, you know, wills? I brought up the conversation with my parents early on. I had the foresight to understand that this situation was probably not going to get better. And so I dug in, you know, and asked my parents, what are your end of life wishes? And I wanted to know those because I didn't want to be in a situation to where something happened to my mother or father. And I had to be the one, you know, soliciting also my brother's input about what to do if something tragic were to happen. My mother did not want to be put on life support. And she was, she made that known. There was a point in time at her nursing home where she was no longer eating and responding. And my father wanted to prolong her care. He wanted to, you know, put a feeding tube in her. He wanted to um, give give her some assistance with breathing. My mother wanted none of that. And so I had to step in and say, dad, she did not want that. She does not want her life to be artificially prolonged. And so we pulled, you know, basically every assistance that could be brought to my mother. And it was based on her wishes. I know now looking back that utilizing my mother's wishes prevented me from having extended guilt because I I honored her wishes. I could, you know, rest easy and I can look back and not have any guilt with that situation. It was very difficult. There's no doubt about that. I, you know, I had to step in and say, dad, this is not what mom wanted. You know, we need to honor her wishes. Then some of the other things to think about are caregiver burnout. And, you know, I talked about in a previous podcast about elder care, helpful hints, and, you know, really knowing your limits. And so it's very, very helpful because if you're the one that is the caregiver, if you burn out, then there's really no extension. And so you want to just be mindful of that. And then talking with one voice. At the end of the day, my brother and I decided that I would be the one, you know, voicing our decisions to whatever provider needed. And so that was very important. So, you know, he's not calling and I'm not calling. And then family feuds. My brother and I had a long extended family feud. You can imagine, you know, after the passing of, you know, several of our key members of our family and we having to be in the weeds of helping and or administering whatever needed to go on with those family members, we were just at odds for a long time. And so what I've done also is I've located an article that does a very good job addressing family feuds and how to prevent them when dealing with ailing parents. And it certainly, you know, would have been ideal for me to have access to this, you know, before. But, you know, again, hindsight is twenty twenty. I didn't know there was anything like that out there. And the article is presented by it's a website called caregiver.com and specifically it's about ending family feuds and it goes through some of the steps that I've already you know mentioned and then fortunately for my brother and I we were able to employ many of the strategies after the passing of our parents which you know really helped the 
to repair and mend our broken relationship. And I've always said, if my brother and I can mend a, you know, our relationship, I mean, we were arch rivals for a number of years and now we're really good buddies. So we travel together. They, you know, he comes over periodically. He interacts and hangs out with his nephews. So like I said, if we can repair our relationship, anybody can repair their relationship. And then also, you know, just some other miscellaneous items. Try to stay neutral. That's, you know, easier said than done. And then when you have heightened uh, emotions, again, that links directly to a situation to where you need to know your limits. So as always, thank you for listening and feel free to share this podcast with any of your friends, family members, or colleagues. See you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you are a client and are looking to work directly with me, Chris, and or my firm, head on over to Life After Grief FP. That is Life After Grief FP. The FP is for financial planning.com. If you are an advisor looking to emotionally and financially work with your client in grief, or if you are a client looking to get your advisor's head in the game, head on over to lifeaftergriefconsulting.com. That is lifeaftergriefconsulting.com. Any information referenced in this week's podcast will be located here in the podcast section. And as always, please feel free to share this week's podcast with any friend, family member, or colleague. Thanks for listening. See you next week on the next episode.